and welcome to A Bookshelf Binge. I'm your host, Jessica, and I'm so incredibly excited for my guest today. You might know Sarah on Book Talk and Bookstagram at the handle Rosebud Mode, and I'm stoked for her to join me today to discuss all things virtual book clubs. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. No one can see this, but like I'm like dancing. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I'm having like a little dance party over here as well. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so you run three different book clubs. What made you want to start this whole thing? What's yeah. your origin story, Sarah? <laughs> so it's kind of, it, it's a little complicated, um, which probably surprises no one since it's three book clubs, but essentially it was, it was a total like a uh, very quick decision, um, which is not traditional for me. I'm, I'm a major planner. Um, so this was, I think it was after I had finished, um, Throne of Glass, I dived right into uh, A Court of Thorns and Roses, Akatar, and then um, I was live on TikTok and a bunch of people came forward and they told me that they had never read Throne of Glass, that they were very intimidated by it. And I loved it so much that I was like, I'll start a book club. Like everyone's going to read it. I'm going to make everyone read it and I'll be your cheerleader. Like, it'll be great. And that was kind of the start of it. And then I really assumed that once we finished the Throne of Glass book club, it would be it. Like we would just, it would kind of disband I think for the longest time on my website it said like if you're sick of me like it'll just be this you know like I didn't really think anything of it and then we ended up extending it and uh naturally the progression was that people wanted to continue to read together and so we launched the monthly book club six months later um which was just a very traditional book club and then obviously everyone wants to read a spicy book and so there was a lot of back and forth between myself and my moderators discussing how we wanted to do that and then the decision uh was quickly made to make that the patreon club so then that is similar to the monthly but it is just spicy, smutty books. Um, so that's kind of how that works. <laughs> I love that. I, yeah. Everyone needs a spicy book every once in a while. Exactly. Exactly. Like right now I'm reading, like I'm solidly in reverse harem territory. Oh my God. I just read my, there. I just read my first reverse harem. So I totally get it. <laughs> what did you read? I read Lola and the millionaires. Oh my God. Well, first off, I really went like I was like, I'm not just doing a reverse harem. I did a reverse harem, Omega verse. Uh, and I forget what the, what the other thing is for it. So it was like everything all in one. And you it was really true. like saw like that deep dive and yeah. like jump straight yeah. in. <laughs> in fact, my friend, uh, she writes uh, Gwen Real fanfics. She was like, you need to watch this Omegaverse documentary on YouTube before you dive into this. So I watched it to educate myself on what Omegaverse was before I read it. Great work. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I just read Tate James and oh, that's on my list. The Madison Kate one is like, like, I think reverse harem is usually pretty cheesy. Yeah. Like I still read them, but they're, it's fairly cheesy. And yeah. this one was like real good. Like, okay. Okay. I, like, I want the wreck. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The funny thing is Lola and the millionaires. It's a part one, part two. And, um, it's super fun. It's like, it was very fluffy, very like cutesy, which is great. It's what I needed. I didn't need anything super intense. I read enough of that in my life. So, uh, you got to go in knowing it's going to be very fluffy and like, just don't expect a lot from it, but it was, it was an incredible book and I, I'll recommend it <laughs> for your regular, uh, like monthly book club. Yeah. What books do you typically gravitate towards for that? 
Yeah. So no surprise because we started with Rona Glass. It's a very, our, the demographic on the, the community is very fantasy driven. Um, so we typically look for fantasy books. Um, last year when we started it, I had a very strict rule of it had to either be a standalone or a duology fantasy. Um, in fact, when we launched that club, it was originally vote, like anyone could vote for their monthly pick. We got rid of that in 2022 because it was too much it, it's, it's too much last minute planning. <laughs> I don't do well with that. Uh, but the, the options were a fantasy standalone, a fantasy duology, and then we called it like the wild card. So it could be contemporary romance or uh, just something that was not fantasy. And so, you know, that way it can kind of broaden everyone's horizon. Um, and so this year, when, you know, when we're looking at our picks there, we're actually opening it up to series starts. So if it's the beginning of a series, someone can, will do that. In fact, our April pick is an indie author beginning of the series um and then i do try to throw in at least one contemporary romance every six months so that way it kind of gives you a good break in your day <laughs> fantasy requires a lot of world building obviously yes. so like yes. that contemporary or like a historical is like my go-to for when i'm like yeah. i've been in a world <laughs> yeah yeah and we're even looking so i'm really lucky that i have an incredible partner for the monthly um and she has these incredible ideas of just doing like themes so you know we're looking at doing like a classic month where we're going to read a classic or you know just some different things just to kind of I think the best part about a book club is reading together. So it's, you know, finding something that you just all enjoy, enjoy like reading um, together. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And then for your spicy picks, what do you typically gravitate towards there? So the spicy picks are, <laughs> that's been kind of the challenge. I don't read a lot of, because because the the other thing is, what is the definition between a spicy pick and a pick for the monthly club, which has kind of been like the challenge. Cause if it has the spice in it, we still select it for monthly and don't really think of it. Um, so it definitely has to be romance first for the spicy. That's like our rule. Um, again, it's, I think our first pick was King of Battle and Blood by Scarlett St. Clair, which I absolutely loved. And that was fantasy. Also Scarlett St. Clair is the reason I got back into reading. So I wanted to kind of honor her and have her be my first pick. Um, and then the second pick was Electric Idol uh, by Katie Roberts or Robert, uh, which I absolutely loved. And so it's it's a lot of fantasy, but again, you know, we're we're picking contemporary ones as well. The plan with the Spicy Book Club is if you've never read a spicy book, it's a good place to start. It's a comfort place because no one's here to judge you. It's you know you can really kind of dive in. But also we want to expand your horizons. You know, we're looking at reverse harems. We're looking at, you know, all these different genres just so that you have a group of people to kind of like see if you like that boundary, but don't expect like Den of Vipers to be a pick in the next like three months. Cause that, that may push the envelope right now, but I'm not saying we won't eventually go to it. <laughs> God, um, I love yeah. that. Scarlet, Scarlet St. Clair is like a solid friend and, or at least, in my head she is yes so. <laughs> yes I love that yeah she's uh she's incredible we actually had her so the other thing about the spicy club is I really try to pick indie authors as well because we try to bring them in so that they can you know kind of be a part of the conversation and Scarlett was we were lucky enough to get her for the first month and she was incredible like it was his the conversation we had around it was hysterical so that's kind of the best part too is like I feel like it's so taboo to talk about like sexy stuff and it's fun to have the author in the room to just like it's a free place to just like ask silly questions and like how do you write a sex scene how do you do this like she just answers it like it's kind of funny so yeah and Scarlett's the best because she will be so blunt 
Yeah. This is how I did it. (laughs) Yeah. She, uh, she asked us, I guess someone complained to her about how many times she used the word cock in a game of fate. And so we looked it up for her. So she knows. So now she's going to do it one more time in the game (laughs) in in the next one. So I'm like really, really excited (laughs) because I think that's hysterical and very petty and I love it. Scarlet in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's the best way to just give back at everyone. <laughs> God, I love her. She yeah. was one of my guests right before KBB came out. And now I just slide into her DMs like weekly being like Scarlet. <laughs> yeah, she's, oh my gosh, absolutely love her. Love talking to her. She's amazing. I think what she's done is, I mean, I'm a huge Greek mythology fan. So like I love um, a touch of darkness. It was like, honestly, like, it's kind of funny. People think of me with Sarah J mass, but like, I struggled getting to Sarah J mass because of Scarlett St. Clair. So it's like, it's kind of like a funny, like thing. Like I just, I have like a soft spot for her. I love what she writes. I love that. Your spicy club is only 18 and over. Why like make that cut off? Yeah. So the reason behind that is typically, again, our demographic, I'm 27 and um, a lot of people in our discord demographic wise are in their mid twenties to thirties. And, you know, these are moms, these are, you know, people that are graduating college or they're in college. And we really wanted to make sure they felt comfortable talking about, you know, sexual conversations around sexual content. Um, And we also wanted to keep it safe um, just from any minors. Uh, I know obviously a minor can still pick up a spicy book and that's totally fine. You know, that's their prerogative and their parents' prerogative. Uh, But it was really important to me that people felt comfortable to come and like have these conversations. Um, And so it was, you know, we wanted to make sure there was a barrier of entry to that. And so that's why it was behind the Patreon. And that's why we put it um, 18 and over as well. Makes complete sense. I was that kid that like read it really inappropriate shit. Same, <laughs> same, <laughs> same. But it's awkward when you're like having a conversation and you're like, oh, you're 18. I'm yeah. almost 32. So that was like a big reason. We were like, okay, we're going to put age, age cut off. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're, you can't drive yet. We shouldn't be discussing this. Yeah. My rule of thumb is if they can't drive themselves to the bookstore, they probably shouldn't pick up the book. <laughs> That's just my personal opinion. But again, talk to your parent about that. <laughs> you can be us and read at a very young age. Yeah. I like, like fan fiction. About- <laughs> I know what lemons are. Like, I mean, come on. Like that's old school fanfic. I never, I just got into fanfic at like 28. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, I'm an expert. I've been in, I've been in the game since 2008. Um, I read 50 shades of gray when it was a fanfic before it was even published as a book. And I was in eighth grade. So that should, I should tell you how I should not have been on the internet. (laughs) So again, when I'm like, oh, it's 18 plus it's because I was that person at 14. So yeah, like I didn't know really that fanfic existed. Yeah. Until like I was much older. And then at that point, I'm like, it's fanfic. Like I can just read the book. <laughs> fair. Now fair. over the over the holidays, <laughs> me and my friends have like a group chat that's called Cliterature. Fair. And one of them dropped the, one of the Dramione fanfics in it. And ah. like, read this, like we've discussed this a couple of times. And I was like, you know what? Fine we'll just do this. And oh my God, I devoured it. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. Harry Potter is like the best. They tend to have like the best writers. Um, I obviously started off in Twilight and they also have some really good writers. Um, and now I pretty much read just SJM fanfic because there's so much of it that I can find something I like. Uh, but it's not spicy. I don't read it for the spice. I read it for the plots, but I also read it because I'm like, she's never going to do this. And then that's what I read. Yeah. That's fair. You have a friend that writes Gwenriel fanfic. Which yes. Is so fun. And I now need. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll give it to you. So uh, her name's Izzy and um, I'm going to butcher her name on fanfic. So I'm not going to try, but her fanfic is a court of light and melody. And it is incredible. And to the point that I wasn't friends with her until after she finished it, but I would stay up every night waiting for a chapter to drop because I was so addicted to it. So now that I'm friends with her, I, I told her, which is a lie, because I, I absolutely do love her. But I was like, I'm friends with you only so I can get your fanfics early before you publish them, because I like love them so much. But she just does such a great job. And um, she's really good friends with Avery Freckles and Fiction on TikTok. And Avery's like a Sarah J. Mass Akatar like guru. And so she corrects it to make sure it's canon. So it is like as close as we're going to get until Sarah J. Mass just says it's Gwen Real and moves on. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I'm so stoked to get this link. Yeah, I'll send it to you, Dory. <laughs> and she's got some great one shots too. Like I love Mortal Danger more than anything in the entire world. And a lot of her fix are that. And I'm like, this is why we're friends. <laughs> like a good stab session is what I need. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am now like a fiend for this. Yeah, yeah. I'll send it to you. Don't worry. And it's like a little pathetic how excited I am now. <laughs> nope, don't be, don't be. It's great. <laughs> for your book clubs you go above and beyond like I haven't even been following you that long and I'm like holy shit like like this girl is just like killing it like you create these like giant guides for these books you go you went live twice for Crescent City and you're just you run the disc like you're doing the most for this book club yeah (laughs) What made you want to take on all of this? And also like, why giant guides? <laughs> so, okay, <laughs> that's a great question. So uh, what you probably haven't seen is the Throne of Glass guide. So the Throne of Glass one is not public and it will not be public. It is over, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say from book one all the way to Kingdom of Ash is probably over 600 pages of notes. <laughs> yeah and so like I kind of get it like those books are massive yeah there's so yeah. much foreshadowing on so many little things yeah like, I can I can get yeah. it holy fuck <laughs> yeah yeah so to and let me just say I don't like people are always like oh I'm gonna start a book club and I'm like don't do it like I'm like the first person to be like if you're gonna do it don't do it at my level only because you're gonna lose your sanity and I I can say that so it it did not start off that way. So um, I'm a big Disney fan. And uh, I have always believed that like one of the amazing things about Disney is they create this immersive experience. And so when I started the Throne of Glass book club, I knew right away it was going to have a PowerPoint because I wanted it to be immersive. And I wanted people to like, because it's, it. I mean, it's a fantasy book and people want to kind of like, where are they on a map? Where are, you know, all these different things. So it started off that way. And the first Throne of Glass slideshow, I think was 30 slides. And that, I thought that was a lot at the time. (laughs) And then as the books progressed and kind of what you alluded to was 
you know, she does such great foreshadowing. And so um, when I would go back and read the books, I was constantly highlighting things that I was like, could I troll someone on this that will later pick up what I'm saying? Or could I, so everything we, we pulled was something that was either really important to the plot, just something about Rowan that I loved, or it was like extremely foreshadowy that I felt like was important, or it was crossover related because I feel like we're heading in that direction. So I wanted to kind of show people that I wasn't crazy and that like there are connecting lines. Um, it wasn't until Air Fire that I brought in a team. So I had a team of four people on top of myself from Air Fire, which was in April all the way to December. Um, and those notes were the biggest. Um, I think we ended Queen of Shadows with 120 pages was kind of our cutoff. And then I have no idea what uh, Empire of Storms was because we did them different that time. Um, and then the Crescent City notes was supposed to only be 10 pages. That was the goal. Um, it is currently sitting at 87 pages, again, for the same reason that we were picking up nuggets along the way and we just wanted people to use it. But as it says at the top of those notes, it is not meant to be consumed from start to finish. It's meant to be like quickly get reference and like find what you're looking for type of a thing. And I just think that they're really helpful for fantasy books where we do plan on doing one for From Blood and Ash, but it won't be as intense. <laughs> um, at least I say that now. Uh, but I do know our current guide for From Blood and Ash is like three pages long. So I'm, I'm pretty confident on that one. I just think Sarah J. Mass does such an incredible job of connecting things that it is incredible to pick up those nuggets. And I really want people to find them. We've been mentioning your lives a lot mm -hmm. and you started with Twitch. And you mm -hmm. made the switch over to YouTube for this. Mm -hmm. And then all of this was happening on YouTube live and you can find it on her YouTube and they're saved and wonderful. And mm -hmm. they're wonderful. What made you make the switch? So there was a few things. Um, I started on Twitch because I, before all the book talk stuff, I was a Twitch streamer. So I was very comfortable with the platform and um, it's just a great streaming platform. The biggest reason was, um, it, they weren't saving the lives and they're a real pain to download because they're usually over two hours long. And we, I didn't know that was happening. And so I just was starting to lose the throne of glass lives. And I ended up just being okay with it because they, they're a bit of a mess. And like, I don't think other people would feel that way, but I, I do. So, uh, it, it was, it just made sense. Also, I think as readers, um, it was a platform that was really hard for people to like rewatch and do all these things. And so I knew people were more comfortable with YouTube. Um, it's been a major adjustment because YouTube's uh, live streaming is, is not great um, compared to Twitch's. Twitch's is much better. Um, Twitch also has way better moderation. Um, so that's been a real adjustment for my mods but it's been better overall for the community and I'm really proud of it. And it also opens the door for me to do, you know, shorter YouTube um, videos or anything like that, um, which will probably happen in the future, hopefully. I love that. Yeah. My sister is a Twitch streamer and I find it very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like so many, well, and I, I remember when I first started, I had a few book talkers be like, Oh, I'm going to, I want to do what you're doing. I want to do Twitch streams. And I was like, Okay. So let me tell you, it's not as easy as you think. Like there's, I have two monitors up right now. I have a camera right there. I have a ring light. I have a microphone, like OBS is up. There's, you know, I have my little stream deck right here. Like it's not what you, it's a much more complicated process than I think people realize. And it's, I mean, I'm happy to teach anyone, but there is a learning curve. And I think some people um, think it's a lot easier than, than it is. <laughs> my sister keeps telling me, she's like, like, I can't find any book twitchers like you should do this like you should carve a niche and I'm like they're out there I know they're out there yeah but like that requires 
a four through with my house. <laughs> well, and, it, and it's the other thing too, was I was very interested to see if people would come just from Twitch. And we did have like one or two that were just like coming. Cause the other thing is like, obviously you end up on the just chatting page on Twitch, which is so broad. It's like very hard for a book because the other thing too, is like, when you join a gaming one, it's like, where are you in the game? Like, Oh, I'm here. You know, when I'm talking about like throne of glass and you come in halfway through, like that's hard. You know, it's like, what are you talking about? And then it's like, on top of the fact that like, unfortunately in the gaming community, it's very misogynistic. And so you have weird people coming into your comments and you don't really experience that as much on YouTube because YouTube is a smaller niche platform. So people or for live streaming, I should say. Um, so it's a little easier. In fact, we've had way more people come over to the discord from YouTube than we ever did from Twitch. So it's like, it's just, I think it's just naturally where the demographic falls, which is kind of a bummer because I do think Twitch is a better streaming platform. That's so fascinating. Yeah. And yeah, like those people that come into the comments, I just like watch my sister. I'm like, I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> well, and I, well, I'm sure she gets it way worse than I ever did. Um, but yeah, I mean, just some, and the unfortunately <clears throat> the other thing too is like, you have to be so careful. Like some people may have really good intentions and I've always been like, give anyone the benefit of the doubt but like unfortunately that's why you have moderators who are there to like protect you know the streamer from those situations and I think as a book streamer you're constantly you're talking about a book and you can't just like pause for a second and like you know restart like you're you're, you're going from like start to finish and it's you can't just catch someone up in two seconds like they're not going to learn as you go like mm -hmm. so it it's a little bit of a trickier process that's fair Let's talk about your mods. You have, you said you have two of them for the book club. So, yeah, so I have moderators and I have the court. So the court are members who are not moderators. So they are, they help me with like specific things. Um, we, and then I have four moderators that are, um, they're specifically for comments. And then they also help me like manage the discord in terms of like making sure like no one's talking anything weird or that type of thing. Court members are there to help like with the book clubs. So like, hey, they're pulling notes or like, oh my gosh, should be a great idea to pick this book or, you know, that kind of thing. A lot of people assume they're like my best friends or that I've known them my entire life. And that is not true. All of them I have met on the internet. They all had to apply for the position. The only person in my court that is my best friend is literally my best friend because she's there to make sure I sign off at a certain time. <laughs> um, but other than that, like it is very like they're there for the book club. They're not there because like, in fact, we argue more than we agree. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. Yeah. Like, what? me do you bring on the moderators and the court and like what was like that decision process well yeah that decision making process like <laughs> so I again came from a streaming background so it was actually from that so I knew okay. from streaming I needed moderators and so it started with them and then um the court was a natural progression it was originally I just wanted a team for the series book club for throne of glass and then when we started the monthly book club and all that I was like well I'll get some help there then the court got too big. <laughs> like it, it grew to a size that I feel like was probably not smart. Um, and which great because, you know, people wanted to help, um, and people ended up going their own way, which was perfect. So now I feel like we're at a really healthy size where it's about five people right now, um, outside of my moderator. So it's a total of 10. Um, and it's great because, you know, it's like one person for each club. So they, you know, we kind of bounce off of each other. Also, they're really there for like, 
anytime I have a crazy idea and they're like, you don't have time for that. Or we don't have, like, we can't do that. You know? Um, in fact, one of them, she knows that I'm really bad at lying. And I was like, what if I wear my Perithian shirt to the Crescent city live? And they were like, no, cause you're going to be smiling the whole time. Like you can't change anything about yourself. And I was like, okay, fine. So, uh, it's, they're really kind of a good checks and balance system for us. Um, and the moderators also have moderating experience. Uh, two of them moderate Twitch partners. You know, one of them is like totally fresh, but she comes in with that mom personality. Um, and then another, another one is international. So she kind of helps um, on the off hours to make sure everything's good in the Discord. This is such a production. Like, yeah, yeah it's, four book it's, clubs are like the most official book clubs like I've ever experienced. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not. Um, well, and again, I think that comes from like me really wanting it to feel like an experience and not just like you're coming into my living. Like, yes, you're coming into my office and like hanging out with me. But I also want you to feel like you're gaining something from this and that you're not just like because I feel like a lot of times when people think of book clubs, they think of like, oh, I'm going to my friend's house and drinking wine. And we may talk about Reese for like five hours, but like, no, let's actually have an agenda. Let's have fun. Let's like make you feel productive, but also like you have people that are cheering you on while you're reading. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. What is the hardest part about running all of these book clubs? Running all of the book clubs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is the hardest part. So, um, we, I mentioned earlier that we used to do voting and that was the biggest challenge because I am a mood reader. And, um, when we would vote, I would wait to the last minute to read the book. So I was always waiting to like literally the day before I was supposed to be hosting a book club. I was like, it was a race to, for me to finish the book that we had selected. And that doesn't work for me. Cause I obviously like notes and guides and all that fun stuff. <laughs> so we're now on a two to three month, um, early like schedule. So we're about two to three months ahead on everything. The only one we're not is the series club because we're still deciding what it is, but, uh, we have narrowed it down to about three picks. So it's, uh, by March, hopefully we'll know. <laughs> what are the three picks? Um, uh, the wait, fifth element series, uh, is one, um, darker shade of magic. And then it's not, a it's not a series, but it's big is Pyrie of the orange tree. That's a huge one. Yeah. So if we do that and, and the plan now is to do like three months on three months off. So it'll be only on for about three months and then we'll let it kind of sit, let everyone kind of go back to what they're doing. And then we'll pick up a new series and do another three months on. Um, we really want to do the Witcher at some point. Uh, we're looking, I mean, there's, there's quite a few that we're really looking at. My goal with the series club is like, I want to pick the most intense fantasy series you can think of. And I want to break it down for you so that you feel comfortable and you have a support system. And also like, I feel like a lot of times women find it really like intimidating to read a fantasy series. That's not romantic. And I want to be like, no, let's have fun with it. Like let's, so we're, we're trying to challenge ourselves, not obviously for this first one, but definitely for the one that will follow it. Fair. Yeah. I got into a big debate with my mother over Christmas oh. because she was like, have you read The Witcher? And I was like, no. And she's like, why? I was like, because it's written by a man. <laughs> yes. Yes. And she's like, I don't know what that, like, I don't know what, what that means. <laughs> okay. And I was like, you read Game of Thrones. Like, 
Yeah. And that's a great example. Well, and that's something too, like we should talk about, you know what I mean? Like let's read the, I mean, mind obviously, because we love Rowan. So there's so many Witcher gifts in our discord and I, we love the Witcher obviously. And so it's like, what if we read it together, but let's also talk about the parts that are like uncomfortable. Like, why did he describe the tits that way? Why is like, she not wearing any clothes in a battle? Like, you know, like those types of things kind of make it fun and entertaining and you know, we, I mean, I, in a perfect world, I could have a throne of glass every time where we just have all these intense deep dives, but uh, I had to mourn that and move on. So like now it's just more about like finding books and expanding people's knowledge in these different um, genres. If you do the Witcher, I'm absolutely in. I'll, I'll join that Discord. Yeah, I was gonna say, I uh, Samantha is the one who helps me with my series club. She's part of the reason those notes look absolutely insane. And she really wants, like, she's like begging me to do the Witcher. <laughs> I know the minute I say we're doing it, she'll be like, let's go and like, just jump in. So, uh, I definitely would not surprise me if you see it this year or next year. <laughs> Perfect. I love yeah. this. Yeah. Like only way I'd read like right. a fantasy book written by a man. <laughs> right. Well, and it's funny too, cause I, I know there's another, uh, I mean, he's the only one, other one I've come across there's, and I'm blanking on his name, but he does a lot of fantasy books on YouTube and he, I joined his discord just to see how he does it. And it is because it's men. It is so intimidating. Like he seems very lovely and like awesome, but obviously his community is very male heavy and it's funny because you see them talk about some of these. I mean, he's got everything in there from like Wheel of Time and The Witcher and like all these things. And like, I would be very intimidated as a female to go in and start talking because I like Akatar and like I searched in his Discord and they are all like completely trashing it. And so it's like, why don't we try it from a woman's point of view? Like, why don't we see what, you know, let's make it a little fun. Let's make it entertaining. But also like, since I'm the one talking about it, I have to make sure I like it first. So it's, <laughs> it's always like, okay, I got to read it first and then decide if like that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, I really want to expand and, and let her, I mean, we, we, we were even looking for a hot minute at the Mistborn trilogy. Cause I really want to look at Brandon Sanderson, like just anything that really can expand people's knowledge, but make them feel comfortable. I love that. It's like a very much like a safe space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was the whole point with the Throne of Glass book club. Make it a safe space. I'm going to troll you along the way, but I will also be there to hold your hand when everyone dies and it'll be fine. <laughs> I'll troll you the entire time. <laughs> yeah, if anyone will tell you, I am the biggest troll when it comes to Throne of Glass. Like I, I, I hold no stops. I go all the way till you get to Kingdom of Ash. Like we have a really good friend, Alex, who's on TikTok. And she's actually, after this call, we're getting a Zoom so she can finish Kingdom of Ash. And, uh, all the way until she got to the like very beginning of kingdom of ash i was like you just gotta take it off just take it off take it off take it off and she was everyone around me was like sarah and i was like it's she doesn't know what that means like it's fine like it's totally fine just take it off like <laughs> so like i i have my troll i have it down to a t at this point like i can i can really make it work but i also like have to make sure the person's okay with that because some people are like a little some people don't like that so i'm like okay no no i'll just hold your hand i won't hurt your feelings but other people i just go right in just set me track into it <laughs> yeah, yeah well and she doesn't know so at this point she will she doesn't know about the fall so she's read all of Akatar and doesn't know that Aelin meets Reese so I was like and she thinks she's gonna finish this and Crescent City by next week and I was like once I saw the leak obviously I was like you literally have like six days like I'm not exaggerating like I don't think I can protect you from this like you have to catch up <laughs> So it's, it's been really, really fun. 
It's going to be so sad when all of the leaks come and all of the spoilers start start coming in. I know it's going to be sad for people who like what I think the thing that makes me the most sad is like the joy of reading is just going for the journey. And I feel like so many people are going to be like, well, Reese just shows up in Crescent City, so you should just read it. And so now you're going to have all these Agatar readers and I'm going to be like, no, just read it for Crescent City. Like, enjoy the ride. And, you know, so we'll just have to change the narrative. I'll protect it like I protect Kingdom of Ash. Like, I'll, you won't hear it from me <laughs> unless you finish the book and then we'll we'll totally like derail for hours. <laughs> I, yeah, I very much was like, like when the third FBAA came out yeah like uh, the crown of guild mounts yes everyone like there was like a moratorium it was yeah. fascinating to see and after honestly silver flames came out there was like such an interesting moratorium that like bookstagram yeah. very much was like stop it and like people got yelled at and like there was drama because like they like spoiled stuff and it was like intense yeah and I'm just like not not excited well, it's funny now. It's funny because uh, Book Talk and Bookstagram, they're they're kind of like two sides of the same coin, but also very different. Like I feel like Bookstagram is like the uh, refined older sister, and Book Talk is the like she's in sweats. Possible she's got makeup from last night, like, but she's gonna tell you everything, like crazy sister and so like you guys were dealing with that and we I remember when silver flames came out it was like I had to make a tiktok announcing when I was going to start posting my reactions because people were like you can't pull us so like over the you know in the past year I've, I've gotten better at like okay I'm on this chapter two seconds okay so like because <laughs> just, and I get it like you don't want to spoil people and it's hard with obviously instagram because it's just a photo so like you're gonna yeah. see it or you're gonna see it in the story like sorry I just joined Book Talk. Oh, like, okay. Welcome. Over the new year. Mm. So I'm like, it's a journey. It's Welcome. a journey. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you Happy classify to... yourself as like a bookstagrammer or a book talker? So <laughs> officially, definitely a book talker because that's where the following usually comes from. And then they, they'll kind of trickle along the way. Uh, I hate the word influencer because I feel like it has a bad connotation. Um, but I would probably class myself, classify myself that more of that than I would a book talker these days, just because there's so many different, like, I feel like my account is like an iceberg. Like it's, you see book talk and then it's like, oh, but there's the book club and discord and like all these things. And so it's, um, I'm getting better at like trying to show everyone everything instead of it just being, but book talk is usually where everyone finds me. That's fair. Yeah. Fascinating. I, Yeah. I really struggle to talk about the podcast in my everyday life. Yeah. Because I also like, like get weirdly itchy when I try, like when people are like, oh, you're so you're an influencer. And I'm like, I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's but like, when why you, am I now itchy? <laughs> right. Well, I don't remember. I had to say something once and I had to say I was an influencer. It was like the first time on a phone call. And I was like, Ugh, like that was just, oh, it's to my therapist. That's what it was. Like I was trying to explain something and I was like, the only way I can explain this to her is if I say like, I'm a book influencer. And I was like, that just sounds so icky coming out of my mouth. Like, ugh, I did not appreciate that. But I mean, once you start receiving arcs, like that's kind of what we are. Yeah. 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 The very much so like, so I got a bunch of arcs from Amazon because I interviewed their creative director. 
Oh, awesome. And now I'm just like swimming in arcs. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> like I like posted about it and I was like, I like, I was not expecting this. Like Tatiana was like, did you just make it? Is that what this means? <laughs> yeah, right. It's well, and it's it's funny. I didn't realize I made it until I got hate comments. And then once I got hate comments, I was like, I've made it. Like <laughs> everyone was like, we should celebrate. I was like, we really should. Like it was that was kind of uh the best moment, <laughs> like, like when that happened. <laughs> It's been really fun. So I joined Bookstagram November 2020. Okay. And ever since joining, I see like a new like book club pop up like every week. Mm -hmm. And I feel like like 2021 really truly. And like, I think Tatiana said this first, but like the pandemic and 2021 were like the, like the reintroduction of reading for all of us. It was like the rise of the reader. Mm -hmm. And so I think like the book club's, really became a big solid part of that why do you think that all of like everyone's joining a book club these days like everyone's starting a book club like what's what do you think the draw is especially during a time of pandemic so I think there's a few things um I was a really I um unlike a lot of readers or I guess like it depends I didn't pick up reading until I was in end of middle school beginning of high school so like it my mom was a big reader in my life my dad was sort of a reader but um my parents were the type of parents that like they put me in a car at like eight years old to make sure that like they could get their harry potter books at midnight like that was so like i I really grew up with like reading around me um and then because of you know high school and all this stuff i felt or because of college and all this I fell out of reading, you know, I'm pretty sure it was actually Allegiant for anyone who read the Divergent series. I think that was the book that I was like, I'm done. So I, (laughs) yeah, exactly. So I uh, stopped reading for about 10 years, read fan fiction the whole time, uh, like during that break, like would pick up fan fiction periodically. Um, And I do think she's right. I think it was um, the pandemic kind of brought me back into it. I came across a TikTok of someone talking about A Touch of Darkness and, I don't know why, but I was just like, I'm going to read this. And I did. And then I don't know what came over me to read Throne of Glass, but I just wanted to, and I I actually really didn't enjoy it. And then um, obviously now I love it, but that did take a bit of time for me to get into it. Um, But I feel like the time between the early 2010s to now, there we were still trying to figure out technology and the book world has always kind of been a little behind that. And I don't think like it blew my mind in 2020 that authors had Facebook groups. I was like, I can talk to an author. Like, oh my God, like, this is amazing. So I think when people started to piece that together and with TikTok and all these things, I think that's what caused people to want to do book clubs because it was like, it's no longer a solitary experience. It's an experience that we all can have together. And I think for a while in the early 2000s, we, we did that with midnight parties and all that stuff, but it still felt very solitary. Like I would still go to friend's house and like read by myself and maybe we would talk about it, but it was different than, okay, I'm online and I'm just meeting people to talk about books. Like this is a different level. And, um, I think depending on how the book club operates, it's really, um, interesting because I I do follow quite a few book clubs that I really love and I love how they operate but they also you really got to kind of cater to your community and what your genres are so um but I think you're right I think it was the pandemic and I think we were the Harry Potter Twilight generation and we just jumped back into reading yeah like that yeah 
I didn't realize like that book conventions existed up until like Mm -hmm. trying to buy tickets for a polycon and having that sell out in two freaking seconds. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's well. And that's the other thing. Like, um, I, I mean, I've been a nerd. I mean, I've always been a nerd. I think like I am someone who, uh, I mean, when I read Twilight, I was very obsessed with it. And so, um, like to the point that I had chapters memorized, like now don't ask me what was the plot, but like I, at one point in my life had memorized and now I'm older. And so it's, it's less about just like a fix fixated on a chapter and more about like, well, what does this mean? And like, wait, let's just discuss this. And like, you know, and, and reading these books and like, like I'm, like I told you was reading silver flames. And I was telling my friends, like, it feels like a therapy session. Like reading Nesta with Cassian is like really helping me in my real life. Like, because I'm so much like her, I'm relating to what she's going through. And so, um, I think that also really helped that, the right books at the right time with the right people type of situation that's fair yeah I me and my friend like kind of do a book club on Instagram yeah. but it's really us just like telling about our animals yeah, <laughs> yeah. like very much that like drew me to bookstagram in the first place was like chatting about these books because no one read the books that I did right and that's all a book club is is like you know, a lot of people will come to me and they'll be like, I run a book club. And I'm like, that's amazing because like no two book clubs are the same. Like if you're coming into my book club, like be prepared for 85 pages of notes and like, not like you're doing homework, but like, you know, we're just that type of group where like, we have crazy whiteboards behind us. And like that, that's just who we are. Like we grew up in that, you know, fandom generation, but we also made sure that, you know, if you aren't into that, like, I don't want, I don't want anyone to ever feel intimidated, but there's also so many amazing book clubs where it's like, oh, well, we're just getting together once a month and this is it. Or, you know, maybe this is the way your friends and you just get together. And maybe you talk about the book for five minutes, but at the end of the day, it's how you're connecting. And that's amazing too. And I think that's like the best, like the best part about the pandemic, honestly, is like, we've moved so much to virtual. So before it was like, if you couldn't get to a living room, you weren't going to be a part of a book club. Yes. And now that we have really embraced Zoom and virtual platforms, it made it accessible to create your own little network and universe around that. Well, and I feel like, I don't know if you feel this way, but like, it's really hard for my in real life friends to read, like, because they're not avid readers. Sure. They may pick up one or two books, but like I consume silver flames in two days. Like I will consume sky and breath in two days. Like they, that will take them weeks. And so like, I'm sitting here waiting, but because of the internet, because of what we're used to, like you just said, like I can find people who will consume it in two days with me and we can connect. And, um, I think we're, we're really seeing friendships blossom and grow and because of these virtual situations. And I think that's really amazing. I love it. You, like we've mentioned, you are active on all of the platforms. <laughs> like, have you found like there's like a best way that you like use these for the book club or like, how do you, how? Um, so I, it's all trial and error. Um, last year, I really focused a lot of energy on the discord. And that was where I felt like that was going to be home base. And I was pretty convinced on that for probably all the way up until the very end of last year. And 
um, I had some really serious stuff happen with my family and it was for the first time since starting the book club that I had to step away for like multiple days. I just, I had to step away. Um, it was like very serious stuff. And so I had to take care of that, which was great because what it did was it caused me to kind of reevaluate everything and be like, I mean, I have an amazing team behind me that really nothing crazy happened, but, um, I think what was so important about that was I discovered I needed to focus, like I needed to not focus so much energy on discord. Like I needed it to feel more well-rounded. So it was like, okay, now I really focus on, um, like TikTok more. Like I really, like I try to kind of, I'm really bad with Instagram. That's probably my least, that's probably the one I'm the worst at, but like there is a balance and finding what that balance is. Um, I still feel like TikTok is the place where people usually filter. Um, and just, it's all trial and error. Some months it's like discord. I mean, yesterday, obviously because of everything that happened, we had over a hundred people join the discord, which is amazing. Cause that's, you know, that's the really hive mind people, but some people just want to see the lives. Some people just want to do that. So making sure everyone feels like there's a space for them and they're not feeling left out is the most important for me. That's fair and awesome yeah. and great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So basically trial and error, and I can't give a great answer because I feel like everyone's communities are different, sure. but like understanding that, like, it's okay to ask them like, Hey, what makes the most sense? Like, do you prefer this platform? Do you prefer this? And then also understanding that, like, you're the driver of the seat. They're the passenger with the map. You can decide to listen to their map, but if you know a shortcut, you take the shortcut. Like, don't always feel like you have to listen to them. Cause at the end of the day, it's your book club. You choose how you want to run it. So and also like, like, I feel like the book community is really, really collaborative. Yes. Like the industry cutthroat and horrible and like depressing, but yeah. like the community is really collaborative and like, like you can reach out to people like Sarah and be like, how, like, like you did this, did it make sense? What did you learn? And honestly, I feel like most people like you might stay in their request for a while, but yeah. Like yeah. Which like, by the way, if anyone sits in my request for a while, know that I'm not ignoring you or pretending like you don't exist. It's because I have like the attention span of like a goldfish and I probably read it and then was like responded in my head and then moved on to something like, don't think I am ignoring you. Um, but I, as someone who went from in college, I was briefly in the beauty blogging world. And then I moved into streaming this is the most collaborative community I've ever been a part of. And I think that's incredible because it could easily be very competitive and it's not. And I think that's amazing. So, um, we have a Marco Polo chat of about 11 of us in like a conversation and I can't begin to tell you how amazing it is because like, I'll ask questions that I feel like maybe that like I, at the beginning was like, does this violate a line? Like, am I crossing your, you know, thing? And it's not like, we just want to share information. Obviously there's some things I don't share because like, it was just a lot of freaking work. And like, I just don't want someone to go off and steal it. But like, there are plenty, I, for the most part, I'm an open book and I will just tell you how everything operates because, um, I think it's, you can't, you can't duplicate what I do, but you can use it to your community's advantage. And I think that's really cool. And like you said, every book club's different. Every yeah. platform's different. Every community's different. Yeah. So like taking kind of like best practices from other communities doesn't always translate, but yes. it like gives you a baseline. Yes. Like and I you go when you are starting at zero. So there's a few things. One, I, I do want to say um, the hardest thing to, sorry, 
a Slack message came in. So the first thing is going back to the community and how they're all different in the beginning, it's really hard because you feel like you, I really felt like I had to do whatever the community wanted. And I kind of lost myself along the way last year with that. Um, and at the end of the day, it's okay if, uh, communities change. Like it is okay if you evolve and change with your community. And it, like you said, there's so many different types of book clubs out in this world and don't feel like you can answer everyone's book club question. You can't like, that is kind of the thing for me. I really went community driven. And so when I started my book club, I said, you know, basically everyone joined the discord and I kind of let them set the tone. Um, and I think that really kind of helped figure out where our balance was, but even like we have a lot of new people coming in, in the past, like four months, and that has really changed the tone. So we used to go from like 20,000 messages every month, which was an insane amount of messages down to now we're about like 10, 10 to that 10,000. So it's about half. And you would think that's a bad thing, but it's not, it's just, there's a different shift in priority and people are still active and wanting to be involved, but understanding that like, because of that shift, Hey, maybe we have to change our tactics a little bit. So everyone feels welcome and included. Um, and so that's been a big learning lesson. <laughs> yeah. I'm like taking all these like mental notes because yeah. like, I have a discord that's like four people. <laughs> well, and, and the other thing too is like, so would you rather have 20 people who take up 75% of those 20,000 messages or would you rather have 200 people and have 10,000 messages? I would rather have 200 people and 10,000 messages because that means there's 200 active members who are just every once in a while checking in on each other. Whereas that 20 people may be very like, they're not including everyone and it's causing people to, because the biggest, and this is fair, the book world is extremely introverted. And as someone who is extroverted, it's hard for me to like make people really feel like I want you here. Like I'm not blocking you out. And so for my community, you know, a big thing was like, if they're not chatting, like that's okay, because I can still see that they're watching and they want to be involved. So um, letting lurkers know that you are allowed to be here and that it's okay to just lurk is like the most important thing I can do. And hopefully one day I'll see you just pop in and say, hi, I'm new and let you know that you're okay and you're safe and I'm going to keep you safe. So yeah, that's kind of my, the biggest lesson I learned in the past year. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. All, all these mental notes that I'm taking, like this is, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's well. And like, again, like some discords have hundreds of thousands of members and some like mine have, I mean, we're about to hit 3000 and like, you think that's a massive number and it is, but it brings its own challenges. Cause you know, the active user base is different. So, um, I, as you probably can tell, I was in marketing for a very long time and did a lot of analytics. So I'm constantly checking numbers to see like, do people like this? No. Okay. We're going to get rid of that. We're going to try this. So don't think my discord now is what you're going to see in three months. It's going to completely change. So like I'm constantly switching things around. I don't know if you've joined my discord. It's madness. Like it's not, it's, <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's, we're working on it. <laughs> and it's, it's a bit complicated. It's a learning experience. <laughs> it is. Yeah. We have guides to help you get on the discord. I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> I love this. I love the yeah. guy. I love the guide so much. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. What made you take on Patreon as well? Ah, okay. So <laughs> I'm sure as you saw, uh, 
everything I do is very over the top and time consuming. And from, I think it was about March. So it was about three months into the throne of glass one at that point. Um, the slideshows were usually about 50 slides every two weeks. And everyone told me I should start charging. And because it was just so much work going into this. And I was not comfortable with that idea at the time. Um, and I knew if I wanted to charge, I needed to do it to provide value that felt uh, comfortable. So um, I wanted, I, the idea for a Patreon came up in March and I basically marinated on it and did a lot of research up until about August of that year and then made the decision to pull the trigger in January. So um, it, we, it, was a lot, it was a lot of research. Um, it was not necessarily received well in the beginning, but I think that's because our community in general is used to getting things for free. And um, it's just about educating and understanding that I wasn't taking anything away. I was providing extra value. So I have found it very interesting to see the people who start Patreons later. Yeah. Like get weird pushback for it. Yes. And it's really fascinating to me because it's like, obviously they've grown to the point where it's getting too much and like all of their time and like all time is money. Yeah. Well, and there was actual money going into it too. So, um, like, which I don't mind. Um, but it, I mean, I, there's definitely cheaper ways I could do what I do, but I like to provide a certain type of service and a certain type of value. So I don't go the cheap route. Um, and that's my choice. Um, and so it was a big struggle. It's still a struggle because I have friends in the book talk community and friends, you know, uh, in the book world and they see what I do and they're like, you should be charging a ton of money. And I'm like, but I don't want to, like, I want to keep it somewhat valued, but there are, we are already having conversations about making like the from blood and ash guide will probably be a charged guide. Um, I don't think the Crescent city one was the first one that is free and probably the only one that will be free. Um, but there, that doesn't mean that the guide is just going to be a guide. It means that you're going to get like essentially a book club package that you can use that is curated by myself. Um, so that's what I'm looking into now. Um, because we, you know, the way I did my guide was to make sure that I could see the numbers of how many people downloaded it and everything. And so it was very fascinating. I love that you also are super into the analytics. I yeah. am best with the analytics. Like, yeah, my friend Jordan was on the podcast like two weeks ago, her episode released. And I was like, like, I keep sending her stats and she's like, like very, very, very supportive, but also like, I can tell that she's like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, the stats on discord are the most interesting because, um, they're also the hardest to gauge because their, their platform isn't the best. Um, but like some people asked when I released the Crescent city notes, why wasn't it just like a Google doc that I could just send the link out. And I thought about that, but so many people told me not to do that because then I could see the analytics. So the reason there's so much, like the reason you have to put your email in and then you have to, you know, do this is so I can see how many people are downloading it. Not because I'm going to email you 20 times, but because I just wanted to see the, if it have if it provided value to the community, and if it did, what can I do to a make it better or to give more value? So um, that was it was a it's a very big deal to me to make sure that like 
I'm not just doing something to do something. I mean, I did for Throne of Glass, but not for all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. In Throne of Glass, like as the first, like you're kind of just throwing spaghetti at the wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and be and obviously it's the this year's the 10 year anniversary of Throne of Glass, so uh, we. I mean, I do have stuff planned for that, just because I know people expect me to do something. So um, I'll continue to do things for free, but I also know that we, you know, I would love to make this a full-time job and to do that means I want to provide value and make it make sense for you because if there's someone who's really stingy with their money, it's me. So I'll be the first person to tell you if I won't pay $5 for myself. Like, um, so that was, that was a big deal with the Patreon for me. Let's get into that. So you would love to do this full time. Like, do you have Mm -hmm. goals for book feds? Sort of. So, um, it, it's, it's, it's up in the air, I should say, uh, there, there's, there's a few kind of fit thoughts that kind of go through my head. Um, if it goes full time, it will be, uh, I, I, I don't even know what that would look like, but I think it would be a full production. Like, I mean, it probably already seems like it's full production, but it'd be even more of a full production. Um, and I also really feel like there is a niche for fantasy book clubs in the sense that like in-depth fantasy book clubs, because I don't really see a lot of them. Um, and especially ones that- romance, but I don't see a lot of fantasy. Yeah. So like there's so many romance book clubs and romance book clubs are great, but um, I don't see a lot of fantasy or like allow people to ask the questions or like, how do you say that? Or that type of thing. So that's kind of where my niche is. And that's kind of where my specialty lies. Um, so I think in the end, um, that's where I want to be. I also just love talking to authors. I think they're incredible people with wild imaginations. I mean, if I sat down with Sarah J. Mass, I would be like, we need to talk. I would, my number one question I would ask her is I need to know if Adian settled or not, because that drives me nuts to even to this day. But my second question would be like, how do you, like, where do you come up with, like, do you, what do you use to write all this? Like, how did you decide Gwydion was going to be related to Az's truth teller? Like, where did that come from? Like, how did you plant that seed? Like, it's so interesting to talk to authors and I want to hype them up and make them feel loved and special. So that would definitely be a part part of it as well is just being a voice for authors and letting their books shine for them and give them a place where they can talk to their fans. Indian definitely settled. (laughs) Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. Well then, then can I tell you, got to the point where I one time had a dream about it, like me asking her and she said, Yes. And then I realized I should have answered it like a fairy. And I, so now my question is, did he settle? And if he did, did he tie his life to Lysandra or not? Because I need to know if he lived forever. Cause I don't think he would. That's like, I have this whole, like, I, basically I need him to be with Aelin forever, which is also why I'm so attached to Rune and Crescent City for the same reason. So like, I just really want the protect, protective brother cousin thing to like, be with their be with their like cousin sister forever like that's all I care about (laughs) so yeah um but I I just think um I think authors want to connect with readers and I feel like um some book clubs are really approachable and some are a little more like I don't allow you trash talking an author in my club you can talk negatively about a book and that's totally fine but the minute it stops becoming constructive I'll cut you off because it's just not productive for anyone to listen like I was looking at Goodreads. Um, I have an author friend and she was showing me some of her like Goodreads like reviews. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, this isn't even like about your book. Like, I don't, I don't understand how someone could write this. So we, I just want to be a voice for like, 
you can have a negative opinion, but you need to be constructive about it. And you need to understand the person who spent years of their life writing is in the room right now. And let's give them the grace of like being kind. So luckily every author I've brought on has been amazing. And I don't run into that issue, but I always like to preface that I want them to feel happy when they're with me. I love that. And like, it's like ties really closely to don't tag authors yes. and reviews like you can not like a book all you want you can share that you don't like a book but you don't have to tag that author yeah I learned that the hard way mm. and really shot myself in a foot so yeah I think um I think it's tough because as a reviewer like I don't really like to talk about ne- talk negatively about a book so usually if I'm reading a book and I don't love it you just won't hear me talk about it like I just will push it off to the side um but if I'm bringing an author into the room, like I, you can talk about it in a discord, how much you don't like it. And that's fine. Um, we ran into that issue when Scarlet, when Touch of Malice came out, you know, some people really didn't like that book and I obviously loved it. And I'm, I will go to bat for her, you know, but I had to let people talk negatively about it because this isn't Scarlet's club. This is my book club. And I can't always be Scarlet's cheerleader. I can be Scarlet's cheerleader in her page, but I need to let people feel comfortable to voice their opinions, but also stop them when they're not like when they've gone too far. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, and we've had to do that and people get mad at us. And I'm like, you need to understand, like, I'm not going to let you get this petty. Like if you start tra- trashing someone, I'm going to stop you. But like, you can say like the grammar sucked. Okay, cool. Like, awesome. So it's a balance. It's a balance. Yeah. Those are all my questions. I mean, we've like very organically hit the rest, hit all of these. Oh, good. Okay, good. So like, like, it's like, how do you decide what books to read? Like we already discussed that. Like, yeah. (laughs) So my last question of all my guests, which is kind of like my favorite question is what books are you currently binging? So Silver Flames <laughs> because of the leak. Um, and uh, what else am I binging? Um, From Blood and Ash because we are already prepping for War of Two Queens. Um, and then I just finished Lola and the Millionaires, which is our March spicy pick. So um, I'm now on the hunt for the April one. Um, so it's kind of a juggle. I read some really spicy stuff, which I don't remember what it was, but it was something on Kindle Unlimited. And then, and then now I'm just, I'm trying to organize it a little bit, but yeah, basically it's a lot. I'm still on the reread path. By the time this podcast comes out, I'll be like done with it. And I'll be like, okay, we made it like, so it's a heavy, like first six months of the year for releases so I feel like it's like going to cause a lot of like rereads and like yes thank god for Kindle Unlimited because like it's like a nice palette refresher but like all of my physicals are fucked (laughs) yeah yeah so uh yeah that that's kind of been the struggle is like and this happened last year too um you know last year we we started the year with Silver Flames reread then we did it in From Blood and Ash and then we went into I think there was another one shortly after um so this year, because Crescent City came out in February, we planned everything accordingly to make sure that, because we knew what the pattern was going to be. So we just wanted people to, ex- you know, enjoy that experience. Um, even on Patreon, like we were, we were kind of timely in terms of like, okay, we didn't want an author to come on because we didn't want them to feel overshadowed by all the Sarah J. Mouse stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, you know, once we get back into March, it'll hopefully calm down a little bit. Um but yeah, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of rereads. 
just in time for it to be all about JLA. Oh, I'm so excited. I love listen. Can I just say, I, as much as I love Sarah J. Mass, I listen to the From Blood and Ash audiobooks almost every night for like over six months. They're like my favorite thing ever. Love them. Well, this has been lovely, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Thanks for letting me babble to you. (laughs) I loved it. I am always in your DMs now. I'm just going to send you crackpot theories. (laughs) Hey, that's what I'm here for. I I love getting them. So, and I'll, don't worry if I shoot you down, I'll be like, I'll do it nicely. Or I just let you live with it. I mean, I think Prince Peleus is Amron's grandchild, so it's fine. That makes no sense now that Sky and Breath is out. But before Sky and Breath is out, I was winning on that theory. (laughs) Thank you so much to Sarah for joining me to chat all things virtual book clubs. There was so much cut from today's episode all about House of Sky and Breath and Sarah J. Mass and Throne of Glass. So I'm going to compile all of that and put it into a bonus episode for the Patreon. So make sure you join the Patreon to check that out. I'm super excited for it. We have some fun tangents there. You can follow Sarah on Instagram and TikTok at Rosebud Mode, and her website is linked in the episode details. So be sure to head over there to check out her Discord and her Patreon and just see all the wonderful things she's doing. Speaking of Patreon, remember you can get these episodes early and ad-free by signing up there. This has been a bookshelf binge. I'm your host, Jessica. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Bookshelf Binge. Please be sure to rate the podcast on your preferred listening platform. And I'll talk to you next week.